Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to a very happy episode of Caller Shot. Lightning lose game two, but bounce back win game three. We'll talk about that in our lightning corner. And plus, I'll tell you why I think. Let's not be too excited just yet for the lightning. I'll break that down later on. Dave disagrees with me, but I will break that down for you at the end. But today we're going to do the NFC North. But before we talk about that, of course, we got some quick hitters in the NFL that we want to get to. But first, Dave's excited. The Philly sweep after canning Joe Girardi the last time we talked. So he is <laughs> smiling. He's happy. He's ready to go. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm more happy that the Mets bounced back and uh, tied up the series with the Dodgers. They lost the first two, came back yesterday and won it in, in uh, the 10th inning. So two, two to two. Very happy about that. Shows that we can play with the other premier team in the NL. Extremely excited about that. Plus, Francisco Lindor's finger, which got fractured in a door apparently he looks good he hit a homer yesterday i'm feeling great about francisco lindor plus he hit a double to start the rally in the ninth but yeah phillies look great after joe girardi go bryce harper <laughs> philly nation rise up feeling good about ourselves jared the hatred you have towards joe girardi is uncalled for I, it came out of nowhere too right because <laughs> bryce harper's just wasting away on a bad team and it's just like who can i blame and joe girardi's caught some strays you know <laughs> so again lightning corner at the end of the show we're a pro alec bohm podcast by the oh, way oh yes yes <laughs> <laughs> i hate it here <laughs> lightning corner later got an nfc north i haven't even looked at the rosters but i can already just think in the head of the quarterbacks that's going to be an interesting debate but first we got our quick hitters we're going to start in new england since we did their division uh last week Matt Patricia, according to today, and today is June 6th, he's emerging as a lead candidate to call offensive plays for the Patriots. Dave, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so athletic uh, NFL reporter Jeff Howe mentioned this in his latest article, as well as ESPN's Mike Reese. They both mentioned that a Patriots source has indicated that the front runner for the offensive play caller job was Matt Patricia. Now, it's... Not surprising because we pretty much knew one of Patricia or Judge was going to call the plays for the offense this year. But for a while there, it seemed like I even mentioned to you, Jared, a little bit ago when we were talking about this, that it seemed like Joe Judge was the quarterback's coach and the passing game coordinator. And Matt Patricia was focusing on offensive line and the run game coordinator. And generally, when you're working with the quarterback every day, when, when you're in those film sessions all the time, that's who is mainly calling the offensive plays because you know what the quarterback likes. But it seems like Matt Patricia is that front runner for the job. I don't know. I'm not in the meeting, so I don't know if it's a situation where Matt Patricia called defensive you plays. Are in the meetings. Let's be honest here. You're okay, secretly, of course, you're, you're sitting in the back, in just kind of like with a notebook. We have a plant. We have a yeah. plant in there. We have a source. But uh, Matt Patricia called defensive plays. For New England, so maybe Belichick likes the fact that he has some type of play calling experience in game. And I don't hate it as much as other people do because it was one of these two. You know, at some point, one of these two is going to get the job. They're working, there's been a lot of reports made that they're trying to simplify the terminology in this offense. So it's not as much memorization, more so just blanket terms that can. Uh, tell you a little bit about your route on this play. If you see this coverage, you can do this. They're trying to simplify it for the offense. And additionally, they're running some more wide zone concepts throughout OTAs that we saw. So maybe they're trying to incorporate some of that into the offense, which I would welcome because of the new guys they have in the offensive line, like first round pick Cole Strange. But overall, I don't think we can analyze it that much just because we don't know what Bill Belichick has seen from Patricia and Judge. But and either way, my thinking, Jared, was it's a big step down from Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels <laughs> is a phenomenal offensive coach, quarterbacks coach, and offensive coordinator. So it was going to be some type of step down. And outside of Bill O'Brien, there really was not a great fit to come in here and call plays for this team and build a relationship with Mac Jones. Maybe if Alabama wins the national championship this year, Bill O'Brien will feel more comfortable leaving and they'll go out and they'll bring Bill O'Brien in. But at this point, Belichick did not really have a coach waiting in the wings. So we went back out 
and he brought Joe Judge back and he contacted Matt Patricia, who was already working in the front office for a on-field offensive job instead of defense because he felt pretty good about Steve Belichick and Gerard May on the defensive side. But I think it is worthy of skepticism going into the year. But overall, I think the most important thing is just what can Mac Jones do for you and how does this wide receiver unit uh, kind of compare to last year's. I think Devonta Park is a big deal of that, and they really need to focus on getting Johnny Smith more involved. If they can do that and at least field a team that allows Mac Jones to grow, continue to improve second year, I'm going to really have no problem with it. But if the offense starts struggling early, people will come after this decision. You think it was just because Patricia's kind of worked with uh, Bill for a long time? You think it's just a trust factor there? I mean, think? so is Joe Judge. You know, they're both Joe Judge was his longtime special teams coordinator. You know, they've both been mainstays in the Patriots organization. I truly don't know why they did this. You know, maybe Matt Patricia, this is a situation where Matt Patricia, along with meeting with the offensive lineman, he's also going to be meeting with Mac Jones every week. And it's more of a Joe Judge is going to be hands on in practice with Mac Jones. But once they get inside, they get into the film room. There's going to be a lot of conversation between Patricia and Jones. Maybe that's the situation. I, I was I was leaning towards maybe Judge was going to call plays just because he was the quarterback's coach. But clearly, if this source is correct, and indeed Matt Patricia is calling plays, there's clearly some better feel or better form of comfort that Belichick has with uh, Matt Patricia. And at that point, I don't love it, Jared, but I'm willing to see how it goes just because we've never seen Matt Patricia get this chance before. And let's go to the AFC North now where we're going to be drafting our team. But Najee Harris bulked up to 244 pounds during the offseason between Zach Wilson and now Najee Harris. Both babies are bulking up this offseason. I mean, I'm I'm just happy because, Jared, I don't know about you. When I was studying the Pittsburgh offense last year, which was very painful with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, hey, I'm gonna Najee, Najee Harris did – Way too much trying to shimmy and shake. If you watch him in college, yes, he can elude players. He's fast. But I want him to do way more just lowering the shoulder and running you over. And I'm encouraged by the fact that his commitment to adding more muscle and bulking up a little bit for his sophomore season, not only will it make it easier for him to take more hits as that workhorse back, but maybe he's leaning in to his ability to say, all right, I don't need to juke everyone out. Why don't I just start running over people, picking up extra yards? I'm encouraged by that. He was two. He played at 232 last year, so now he's up to 244. 12 pounds of muscle. That is welcome. That is welcome, especially for an offensive line that's probably going to be terrible again. So you might as well be willing yep. to run people over. Yep. Yep. We'll get to that offensive line in this segment. Which, yeah, which we'll start right now. So for the AFC North, uh, Dave will kick it away with our quarterbacks. All right, as everybody knows, we do our coaching staff at the end yes. of the segment. But quarterbacks, very good group. Ravens bring Lamar yeah. Jackson to the table. We can also talk about Tyler Huntley if we want. Steelers, oh boy. Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and don't forget Mason Rudolph. Two-man race, but Mason Rudolph apparently thinks it's a three-man race. I personally think Mitchell Trubisky is going to win that camp competition initially. Bengals, they're bringing Joe Burrow to the table. Then the Browns, Deshaun Watson, still Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett. I think it's comfortable. We're not picking Watson. Yes. Very Burrow? Burrow? Yes. Burrow, okay. Because yeah, I he, even when he was healthy, I thought Lamar wasn't as good as he was as he used to be last and year. Plus, Burrow deserves this. He was insane. Yeah, insane last year. Burrow was – Burrow walked – his team to the Super Bowl. So him and Jamar Chase, real, yeah. Joe and he Burrow just got a better team. offensive line, and he could be a lot better with this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Burrow absolutely deserves it, regardless of how people feel about Lamar. And I love Lamar, but injury last year, and I thought overall just Burrow outplayed him when both were healthy. And I'll take a good pocket passer, too. I'll take it. All right, so running backs. <laughs> Ravens are bringing everyone back from injury, apparently. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They signed Mike Davis from the Falcons, and they drafted Tyler Batty out of Missouri. The Steelers. Steelers are bringing Najee Harris, Benny Snell Jr., and Anthony McFarlane Jr. Oh, my God. This is a good division for running backs. Bengals, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, and Chris Evans. And then the Browns bringing Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, 
and Ernest Johnson. This is probably the best running back. This division. by far. Yeah, I mean, because there was always one where we were like NFC South Camara. We kind of had well, conversations a little bit, but we were just like Camara. Yeah, NFC South had Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, and Cortland and uh, Cordero Patterson. But this Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. I mean, that Kareem Hunt. That's hard to beat. But if this Dobbins Chubb, wasn't right? hurt, he'd be more in the conversation. Like, yeah, Dobbins. We should we should also temper expectations for Dobbins yeah. this year. That's a pretty significant knee injury. Same with Gus Edwards. So I don't think any of the Ravens guys are making no. it. I love Najee Harris, but for me, this is down between Chubb and Mixon. I was leaning Chubb. Oh, I had no Chubb's the best running back in football, yeah. in my opinion. Personally, Mixon finally showed me something last year. I can confidently say. Yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable drafting Mixon in fantasy now. But, yes. But man, Nick Chubb. I mean, you're talking about some of the best vision and actual ability as a runner of the football. He is, in my opinion, number one in the and league. The fact that he can do that when he has Kareem Hunt behind him, too. Yeah. I like some people it. don't do well when they have a two a tag team like that sometimes. And hey, if you're going to sign a running back, a star running back to a second-year contract, it helps when you have that second player behind you so you don't just overuse mm-hmm. your star and then he just starts to decline. We've seen that happen now. Once Christian McCaffrey got a second contract, Todd Gurley. I mean, it, it happens a lot. So I like the way they're going about this. And then if Watson, anything happens with him, that should be a very good duo that they got there. All right. So wide receiver. This is typically the harder positions to do, but Ravens, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, Texas's finest, Woo! James Prochet, and Tylen Wallace. So an interesting group there. The Steelers have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They just drafted George Pickens, and they also just drafted out of Memphis Calvin Austin III, Anthony Miller, and Miles Boykin. Bengals, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Trent Taylor. Very strong. Browns, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and David Bell. All right. Can we do Devontae Peoples-Jones just because he seems to be one of Baker's favorite targets, please? I thought Baker's favorite target was Rashard Higgins. But... Oh, both of them. Both of them. Not negotiables, Jamar Chase, right? No, it's it's Devontae's Peoples Jones. Not Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> but yes, Jamar Chase is <laughs> unnegotiable, Jamar Chase. <laughs> I feel like uh, T. Higgins a... has to be in here too. I I don't okay. I think it's down for me. We, why don't we just take the Ravens out? Yes. Rashad Bateman, I have respect for Rashad Bateman, but he hasn't done it yet. He could have a massive breakout year, but we're not taking him over some of the other players in here. Uh, We'll take all the Ravens out. Let's do it like that. So I don't know about you, Jared, but I think with respect to the broad conversation, it's we have Chase locked in. I think we also have to talk about Higgins and Boyd. We have to talk about Amari Cooper and then Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. I'd rather have Deontay over Chase. Completely agree. And I'd rather have Higgins over Boyd. Yes. So it's down between Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, and Amari Cooper. I like Higgins. the thought of – I personally like the thought of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and then Deontay Johnson. Kind of gives you a little bit of everything. All right, so here's where we differ. If we both have T. Higgins in our top two, let's keep him. Okay. I have Amari Cooper over Deontay. Okay. At least you're shorthanded with Cooper. I'm like Deontay Johnson. I'll tell you that much. I also just think Amari Cooper is still a really good player. And mm-hmm. I think Deontay Johnson is rising. But if you just ask me right now who's a better receiver, I'd still go Cooper. I probably but would if, too, yeah. All right. So, but if I was going to say, if you have a hard case for Deontay, I'm willing I just, to at the same time, I just like how Deontay gets open. It's just his hands that nervous me. But with Cooper, you have those hands. That's the only yeah. thing. I mean, I think right now, uh, Amari Cooper's a better route runner. I think that's where he really hangs his hat. It's just, with I Deontay, love those videos of him showing people how he gets open in practice, yeah. those moves. Deontay is just a little bit too inconsistent with respect to. It seems like every other week there's a nagging injury that holds him back. Amari's kind of the same way, too, sometimes. Oh, no, he is, but Amari's set. You know, we know Mm -hmm. he is amazing route runner, great hands. He can open himself up in the red zone. He has that ability. He plays, he's got great hands and with respect to 50 50 balls. I just have a little bit more confidence in in him than Deontay Johnson. That's fine. That's fine. So, do you want to go Amari Cooper? That's fine. Yeah. 
But Deontay Johnson, very much respect. We love you, Deontay. Oh, this is actually a pretty good tight end, tight end group. All right, so the Ravens are bringing Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. I like Nick Boyle. Mark, Mark Andrews might be the pick. But uh, Steelers are bringing Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry. Pat Fryermuth had a very nice year last year. Very surprising. The, very. Then the Bengals, they lost CJ Uzama, but they brought in Hayden Hurst, and they still have Drew Sample. And then the Browns have David Njoku, who was recently signed, who we talked about last episode, and then Harrison Bryant. This is easily. This is easily easy. Zach Gentry. <laughs> Listen, Zach Gentry, hell of a player. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is wonderful. Wouldn't it be a start if we took Nick Boyle? <laughs> I, I think he's good as a tag team with Andrews. Oh, he's, he's fine. Healthy. Good blocker. Uh, all right. Offensive line? Let's do it. All right. Ravens are bringing Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. And then at right tackle, it's probably Morgan Moses, but we also have Juwan James coming back from injury, and they just drafted Daniel Fa'alele, the mountain of a man out of Minnesota <laughs> in the fourth round. Steelers, we are not taking the Steelers tackles. Left tackle, Dan Moore Jr. and right tackle, Chuck Wuma Okorafor. Still have no idea what Chuck Wuma Okorafor did to deserve that contract. I don't get it. I mean, come on. But Bengals tackles pretty good now. Jonah Williams at left, Lael Collins at right. And then the Browns, like usual, a very nice tackle tandem. Left tackle Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin. On One the of the right. strongest offensive tackle spots we've had in these divisions, I feel like. Yeah, this like. is very nice. I think it's Ronnie Stanley left. Okay. Uh, I mean, when he's there. healthy. When he's I'm, healthy, he is an elite level left tackle. I'm agreement there. And then... All right, so here's where here's where I'm at. Get Jerry. rid of the Steelers, by the way. Just get rid of the Steelers. Oh, just yeah, let's Dan Moore Jr. Chuck. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, but you guys are terrible. The best thing I can say about the Steelers tackle is that they are physically alive. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what? I mean, it's not I'm not wrong. <laughs> I would hope you're not wrong. <laughs> if so, rest in peace, King. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is it. The show is over. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh man. All right. So of the Bengals guys, Lael Collins at left tackle is a phenomenal left right tackle. tackle. Right you tackle. Mean? Right tackle. Right tackle. Lael Collins absolutely phenomenal. Still don't know why the Cowboys just gave him away. Browns. I think Lael Collins is just better than Jack Conklin. I think he's I agree. better than yes. Jedrick Wills. Yes. All right. So you want to go? Oh man, Ronnie Stanley left tackle. Lael Collins, right? That's a good tandem. Yes. That's a good tandem. All Again, right. I just don't understand what the Cowboys were thinking. Basically handing the Bengals Lael Collins, and they made sure he didn't leave their building. Well, and they just released him. They didn't get anything for him, which... What do you mean? I don't get it. I mean, I, I know that they wanted to get a spot for Terrence Steele just to see what they have, because if they can get a spot for him, he's a, a much cheaper than Lael Collins, but at this point, I'd favor Lael Collins, the known really good right tackle. All right, here's where it might get tricky for us because there are a couple good options. Yeah, Kevin Zeitler is really going to steal a spot here. I can already feel it. Hey, he had a good year last year. Stronger than the freaking Hulk is Kevin Zeitler is. Get out of here. Interior offensive line, Ravens. Kevin Zeitler, center Tyler Linderbaum. They just drafted him in the first round. Tyre Phillips and Ben Cleveland, Steelers, Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole at center, just signed James Daniels and Kendrick Green, Bengals, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Jackson Carmen, Browns, Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, Nick Harris, and Ethan Pochich. There are no good centers. No. Okay, so Wyatt Teller, Batonio are on the team. Yes. Yeah. Pojic and Harris are not. So I can confidently say that we have our two guards and we're pretty set there. Yeah. I'd I'd rather go with Karras at center than Linderbaum. Linderbaum, we don't know yet what he he can do in the league. So I'm agreement there. Right. If we were picking their old center, like, oh my God, was it Hopkins? Yeah, Trey Hopkins or something. Yeah, Yeah, Linderbaum would probably be the pick, but Karras is solid. He's not Mm -hmm. great. He's solid, but at this point, we've got 
Col- Ronnie Stanley, Lael Collins, Wyatt Teller, and Joel Batonio. Solid. We can take solid. We can work yeah. with solid. So serviceable. Serviceable. We got four other plus starters on the freaking offensive line. With solid, we welcome. We welcome you to solid. And especially for the Bengals' point of view, he's the best guy they could have gotten anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. was terrible last year. All right. So we have our offense already set. We really that the offense wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. And the biggest debate we had was wide receiver. And I thought it would have came a little bit stronger because I honestly thought you were going to fight for Lamar today. I really did. I don't know why. Because I know you love Lamar. I thought you were going to fight for him a little more, but I was kind of no, surprised. Burrow deserved it. Good. Burrow deserved it. I could. I mean, if Burrow goes out first round playoffs, then we're talking. But Burrow, unbelievable Which playoff I, run. I don't think – well, I don't know. Anything what? can happen in this AFC. So, I, I mean, oh, I, I don't think they're going to do it again. I think, I think they oh, could I think win a round, though. Oh, I think they could win a round, but I, uh, I'm i not banging on another Super Bowl for the Bengals. But want to <laughs> recap the offense? I don't know. I feel like Burrow, though, has that it factor that I feel like they could. He could well. Yeah, I mean, you know who else has the it factor? Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Burrow <laughs> has that swag that he doesn't take no for an answer. Back to the offense. Quarterback. For the Bengals, we got Joe Burrow. Running back, Browns, Nick Chubb. Oh, dang. Good backfield. Wide receiver, Bengals, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And the Browns, Amari Cooper. Not as strong as other wide receiver trails, but very strong nonetheless, because you got Joe Burrow working with his two top two targets, and you're just inserting Amari <laughs> Cooper. So tight end, Mark Andrews. Yeah, I'll give you the best tight end in the league in this team. So No, it's, that's saved for the NFC West. I'm just saying it's in the conversation, you know. He's good. Oh, Kittle's so good. Oh my god, Kittle's unreal. Kittle's not a human being. Then what is? Oh, is he's he a, a direct sire it? from God. <laughs> 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 oh man! All right, offensive line from left to right: left tackle from the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley; left guard from the Cleveland Browns, Joel Batonio. At center, we have the newly signed. Center for the Cincinnati Bengals, Ted Karras. At right guard, we have the Browns, Wyatt Teller. And at right tackle, we have the Bengals' new right tackle, Lael Collins. That's a very good offensive line. I would say the best part about this team is running back, tight end, offensive line. And then the Burrow-Chase connection. Uh, my favorite's the quarterback, the tight end position, and just the offensive line as a whole. I feel like... Quarterback, I'm never going to say my favorite part is quarterback because there's going to be so many good quarterbacks. I just I fell in love with Joe Burrow this past year. I don't oh, know. Why. I think we all did. I just I so much respect for this kid. So good. Gets sacked nine times and still finds the way to get a game winning. The fact drive. that a quarterback from the AFC South is going to be representing their division and one of Mahomes or Herbert isn't, it just it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach. And I already know how it's going to play out, too. I already know. How I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not decided. I already know how it's going to play out with one of them. I already know. Oh Do you want to go to defense? This is going to be tough. <laughs> this is going to be Eli so Apple tough. is guaranteed a spot on this team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Eli Apple is the king that nobody deserves. <laughs> oh, my God. Eli Orange. Uh, defensive end slash edge rushers for the Ravens. We have rising second year player Adafi Elwi. He looked very good last year. They just signed, uh, or drafted, I should say, uh, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser, and Dalen Hayes for the Steelers. Strong TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, and Jannard Avery. Bengals, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, our favorite Joseph Osai out of Texas, Khalid Kareem and Cameron Sample. Then, I mean, for the Browns, Jared. I mean, Miles Garrett. He, he's on the team. Then Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> See, I don't Alex- mean to cut you off. Just see how, you know, so you know how Brady does his Brady brand Oh, yeah, stuff. the underwear thing? Oh. Yeah, it was so funny. I'm sorry. While you were listing the names, I was Twitter surfing, and I just saw the video. Yeah, yeah. isn't it cringy? That, it's very cringy. I don't Showing like off his... Uh, his hog. <laughs> oh man, he he is he's on another level with respect to being likable and hilarious now that he's left the Patriots. Oh my god. Love Tom Brady. He is the man. 
Oh, he's just a funny guy now. It was from Greg Allman because you quote tweeted, so I saw the video and the and first Dove Kleiman initially tweeted it. <laughs> the first the first comment was, damn it, Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Twitter surfing never fails. No, because I was hoping there'd be some good like breaking news or something, and I just see Tom Brady in his underwear. No, the breaking news was Isaiah wins at OTAs, and so is Nikhil Harry. Go team. The only other thing is nothing surprising, but Jimmy G's excused from minicamp, so good. Yeah, good good move. He just got shoulder surgery. It's not like he's actually going to play. <laughs> That'd be such a dick move. They're just like, oh, too bad. You got to show up. Run around. Simulate Lamar. Um, so Browns, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Alex Wright, and Chase Winovich. Very easy. Yes. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Yes. I mean, we're going to be hard-pressed to find a better edge rush tandem. No, this is the best by far. Uh, I mean, unless AFC West has something to say about it. No, I would still take these two. We'll see. Maybe we'll get four edge rushers from the AFC West, and then you'll change (laughs) your tune. Who needs (laughs) linebackers? Are you kidding me? They aren't real. Yes. Well, actually, you're kind of right, because it's only Fred Warner, and then it's just... The, the pack. Fred Warner and no one else exists. No, yeah, Bobby Wagner's gone. He he graduated that list from that oh, list. Man. He's so. a declining player, and it's unfortunate. Don't don't tell the media that. Don't tell the don't tell Les that. Sneed that. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you want to go to defensive tackle? Yes. All right. So for the Ravens, Justin Matabuki, Michael Pierce, Calais Campbell, Travis Jones, and Derek Wolf. Steelers, Cameron Hayward, Tyson Alualu. And Chris Wormley for the Bengals, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Josh Tuopu, and Zachary Carter, the man they just drafted out of Florida. And for the Browns, oh, yikes, Jordan Elliott, Taven Bryan, Perion Winfrey, and Tommy Togiai. So Cam Hayward's the non negotiable. I was going to say for me, non negotiables is Cam Hay. And then really tell me if you're going a different direction. I'm leading Justin Matabuki. Yes. If you want to, do you want to make a case for Alu Alu or Pierce? Not really. All right. So you want to go Cam Hay and Justin Matabuki? They were the only two that really stood out. BJ Hill kind of did, but it was only one good year. Well, not one good year, but like one standout year for me. Yeah. Calais is getting up there in age. Oh, yeah, Calais is on the, Calais yeah. is, yeah, he's yeah. pretty much, I don't want to say washed, but he's, he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. You now, Michael Pierce, he hasn't played a lot of football the last two years because he sat out 2020. That's another he, reason why, too. I was he like, only played eight games last year, too. Exactly. But he's a dominant nose tackle with respect to run stuffing when he's actually right and he's healthy. I mean, but, but Matt Abuki's a rising player. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. He's not perfect yet. He's a pretty good penetrator, and he's improving as a run defender. But next to Cam Hay, I'm willing to go young. All right. Linebacker is uh, interesting. It's, I don't think it's as bad as last year, though. Last year was just Devin Bush and then a bunch of, like, Walmart greeters. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, that was a joke. Uh, all right, Ravens, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, and Josh Bynes. Steelers, Miles Jack, Devin Bush Jr., and Robert Spillane. Bengals, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Akeem Davis-Gaither. All right, all right. Browns, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Anthony Walker, and Sione Taki Taki. There's two here for me. I have that three. That I've been kind of debating in my head. I have three here. I got J- Miles Jack from Pittsburgh and Logan Wilson from Cincy. I have Logan Wilson as my number two. Miles Jack is my number three. You're going to go. You want Jerome, don't you? Jerome, no, I want Jeremiah. I mean, Jeremiah, I say Jerome. Jerome, who the hell is Jerome? I don't know. Jeremiah Usukorma was so good last year. So was Miles Jack. Miles Jack was good. He, I, I think Usukorma was a rising player, though. I mean, he's going to be really good potentially next year. I mean, oh my goodness. I think Miles Jack's so, going to be a stud on Pittsburgh. All right, so you like Jack above Logan? I like Jack a lot. All right, so if we keep a second linebacker, it would be Jack, right? Yes. 
All right. So let me. I just, I'm just, I just, I, we've talked about this, what happened in Jacksonville. I don't understand how you let Jack go. Like, I, I don't get it. Not going to lie, Jared. I don't care that they let Jack go. I just don't understand why you let Jack go. You sign Foye Lou kind of big money. You trade up in the first round to get Devin Lloyd. And then you just get Chad Muma in the third (laughs) round. What's with the whole, we need to fix the linebacker situation. This made no sense. Aluakon's a fine player. You gave him 15 mil a year. What are you doing? This made no sense. All right. So, but are we in agreement if we keep one linebacker, Jeremiah Wusukor? Yes. Yes. So good. I mean, we're going to have no Mike linebacker, but who gives a crap? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Cornerback. Oh, oh, my goodness. This is such a good group. Oh, no. There's two non negotiables. All right. So we got Ravens, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller, and Jalen Armour Davis, the draft pick out of Alabama. Then Steelers. I think you could just wipe the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, and Akella Witherspoon. Cam Sutton's a fine nickel corner, though. So is Akella Witherspoon when he wants to play there. But one of those two is going to have to bounce outside. I like Sutton. I like Wallace, but no. Uh, Bengals. Jadobia Wuzie, Really nice player. First, I believe, made all pro team last year. One of first or second. Then oh, slot extraordinaire Mike Hughes, Eli Apple, Cam Britt Taylor, and Trey Flowers. Browns. Denzel Ward. Greg Newsom the second, Greedy Williams, and Martin Emerson. Okay, as good of a year as he had last year as a rookie, I don't think Greg Newsom can make the team. No. But Denzel Ward is a lock. For me, it's Marlon Humphrey and Denzel Ward. I I 100% Denzel Ward is a non-negotiable. And then I'm just gonna race the Steelers. They are having a good time down there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that. The debate now, obviously not Armour Davis or Fuller from the, the Ravens. Yes. Now we have five corners. It's Denzel Ward one. I think you and I will both agree Marlon Humphrey should be on this team. Yes. Yes. And then it's a decision. Okay. Do we want a Wuzier, Mike Hughes, or Marcus Peters? I don't think we should take Peters because Humphrey's guess he's coming off an injury, but so is Peters. And I just think Humphrey's a better player, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So we'll take Marcus Peters as much as it pains me. Marcus Peters coming off. Uh, now it's between Awuzie and Hughes. I just think Awuzie is better. Even I agree. Yes, yeah. Great slot corner, but I just want the three best. Yeah. On this, team. Uh, this one's easy because you're taking the three best. All right. Love Mike Hughes though. Great. It's kind great of crazy guy. too how we're taking so many Bengals. Last year felt like we weren't taking. Oh, I know, right? Because well, Awuzie came out of nowhere. The, mm-hmm. the Cowboys just let him go. They just walked, and he was great for mm-hmm. Lou and Rumo's defense. All right, now we've got an absolute stacked unit. Of oh, my God. Oh, no. All right, the Ravens. The Ravens have Marcus <laughs> Williams, Chuck Clark, oh, Kyle man. Hamilton, and Brandon Stevens. I'll Lord, take that whole room. I'll take that whole have mercy. Steelers have Minka Fitzpatrick, Ugh. Terrell Edmonds, Demonte Casey, and Carl Joseph. Bengals have Jesse Bates, <laughs> Von Bell, Daxton Hill, and Michael Thomas. Then the Browns have Gr- John Johnson the third. Grant Delpin and Ronnie Harrison. Lord have mercy. Get rid of Cleveland. Just please. It's... John Johnson. Listen, the facts that you're saying that. I know. And their three are John Johnson, the third, Grant Delpin, and Ronnie Harrison is ridiculous. That's a good group of safeties. And they're a clear fourth among <laughs> this division is just nuts. I mean, my goodness. I mean, Ronnie I Harrison is a, is a useful I don't player. Know. I don't know. All right, let's trim this down. Bengals. I as much as I adore him, I don't think we can take Daxton. No, it's too early, and we can't take Von Bell. No, Jesse Bates is here, so we're going to take Jesse Bates. Yes. All right, we have to go three safeties. We can't go two linebackers. No. Oh man. Oh yeah, it has to be Jesse Bates, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Marcus Peters. <laughs> has to be marcus williams Mika, and oh my god jared this secondary is on steroids are we gonna live in dime personnel (laughs) we have to oh my god we have to there's no other way you can and then just wait till kyle hamilton gets in the fold in the nfl oh my god we have to take miles jack off the field shame but yes we have to (laughs) I'm willing. I like my secondary. Somebody's going to run all over us. (laughs) Somebody's just going to go nuts. And I mean, 
Marcus Peters, he, he can do a lot of things. He can play quarter safety. He can play single high. He can play post. He can also cover if you really need him to. I don't love him covering. You really want makeup being everything. You want him to be that playmaker on the back end. And Bates can do a lot. He's been phenomenal single high. Let's hope he stays in Cincy. Let's hope they figure something out. If they don't, I don't understand the <laughs> issue. Unless he's trying to be like $30 million a year safety, which he's not. <laughs> I don't know why Most we're not. are $30 million. Oh, my God, Jared, this defense. The we secondary is hot. Secondaries. Bro, the minute a run gets past the first level, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> we're just dead. Because Owusu Koromo is like more, he's not really even a Mike linebacker. He's more of a will guy who can make plays on the back end. But he's, I mean, we're going to have him doing run fits at this point. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Marlon's going to be our best second level run defender. He's got some hit, hit stick in him though. <laughs> oh my God. Marlon's a tank, but oh no. Minka, we're going to have to play you close to the line. <laughs> oh, no. Jesse Bates, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we want to keep Marcus Peters on that. Marcus Williams on that back end. Listen, no one's throwing on us. <laughs> no one's throwing. I'm going back to previous teams. I just oh, no. So I would like to mention that we will be discussing. We will do, be doing a tournament overall. There's going to be eight straight episodes of just making the teams then that ninth episode we're going to do what we did last year we're going to seed them we're going to have the matchup in a tournament we're gonna we are going to have a champion jared this secondary this is easily the best secondary because i'm looking at it right now oh my goodness so it's like this just looking at the safety spots i'd rather have them over a couple of these guys and i mean a can play the slot ward can play the slot marlon humphrey can match up with tight ends or x wide receivers i mean this is Oh my goodness, this is good. This Does is one Humphrey comes back healthy. Like is Moa can cover. <laughs> Got him roboting crossers across the middle of the field. I think I think what's going for us is I think Watt and Garrett will at least go to the quarterback at least five times again. Hayward. Oh my goodness, Hayward. Hayward is phenomenal still. Oh my god. At this point, Matt Abuki is just gonna be chilling. And Nick out Chubb's there. gonna have a fun time in practice. He's gonna run. <laughs> Oh my god, Chipura's not even able to throw on anyone. <laughs> oh my god, this secondary is unbelievable. All right, so you want to recap the whole team? Please do. We're All right, recap. offense. On offense, at quarterback, we have the Bengals, Joe Burrow. We have the running back for the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. Wide receiver, we have the Bengals, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And at the Browns now, after he was traded from the Cowboys, Amari Cooper. Tight end, Ravens, Mark Andrews. Our offensive line, left tackle, Ronnie Stanley for the Ravens, left guard, Joel Batonio for the Browns. At center, we got the Bengals, Ted Karras. At right guard, we got the Browns, Wyatt Teller. And at right tackle, we have the Bengals, Lael Collins. Now, at edge, for the defense, which is just ridiculous. As our edge rushers, we have the Steelers, TJ Watt, and the Browns, Miles freaking Garrett. At tackle, defensive tackle, that is. We got the Steelers, Cameron Hayward and the Ravens' Justin Matabuki. Linebacker. We could only have one, and he's not really even a mic. Jeremiah Usukormo for the Browns. We are going to be covering out of our butts for this defense. For the cornerback spot, we got Ravens' Marlon Humphrey, the Browns' Denzel Ward, and the Bengals' Shadobi Ouzier. And at safety, the new, newly minted Baltimore Raven Marcus Williams, Steelers' Minka Fitzpatrick, and the Bengals, Jesse Bates. Mother Mary, this team can cover. Seems good. This defense, like the worst player is Matabuki. Yeah. You could make an argument Matabuki or Usukoromo, but even those players, they're rising stars at their spot. When they're young, they're young. Oh, my goodness. They need young team. legs on this. Defense, the offense is good. Defense yeah. is phenomenal. Yes. Especially when you have the two best pass rushers in the game right now. Oh my! I don't think that TJ is the second best. He's up there, Garrett. For me, Garrett's one. I think Watts too. I no, think. I don't know. I like Nick Bosa. A lot. I was going to say my number two is Nick Bosa. Yeah, my, never mind. frankly, never mind. if I could be honest, Jared, I don't care how you order two, three. It's one of the Watt brothers. 
I mean, uh, yeah, the Bosa brothers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nick's two. I forgot. Nick is two. And Joey Bosa. Unbelievable. Like, but those are the top four for me. It is Garrett. Then for me, it's Nick Bosa. Then Joey Bosa. Then TJ Watt. Those four are the elite ones in the game. And we just and got came on Thibodeau. Came on Thibodeau in two years. No, and one. No, we'll see. Immediately, right out of the gate. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So I just want to have my moment. Oh, this this is actually going to be hard to pick a coordinator. All right. This is what I was thinking. Just so do you want me to announce them first? Yes. And then all right. So we'll announce head coaches and their coordinators. Ravens have John Harbaugh. The Ravens offensive coordinator is Greg Roman. And the Ravens defensive coordinator now is Mike McDonald. Then for the Steelers, their head coach obviously is Mike Tomlin. Their offensive coordinator is Matt Canada. And their new defensive coordinator is Terrell Austin. Then for the Bengals, their head coach is Zach Taylor. Their offensive coordinator is Brian Callahan. And their defensive coordinator is Luana Rumo. Then for the Browns, their their head coach is Kevin Stefanski. Their offensive coordinator is Alex Van Pelt. And their defense coordinator is Joe Woods. I think, personally, I, I love... I think every head coach in this division is strong. And I think you would agree with that. I agree with three of them. We'll see what Zach Taylor will see. I'm not, I'm not a Zach Taylor guy. We'll see. We'll see. He's still kind of, but I, what he did last year, I kind of think that just shows. I think he'll agree with me. We want to keep Kevin Stefanski as offense coordinator. Yes. Okay. And I want to have Tom one as head coach. I, uh, he somehow, I think Harbaugh is the best head coach in this division. Mike Tomlin keeps the glue together. I was thinking you make John Harbaugh like the DC or something. Harbaugh, Harbaugh came from special teams background. He can't be a DC. I know, but he, this is our podcast. You tell me that all the time. We can do this is our podcast, podcast, but we don't want our defense on this defense. How, how are you going to keep Tomlin though off this Ross, this court? He, how well, he's, we'll come up with a position for him. Oh man! Like I love Harbaugh. Too, Who's your favorite but... defensive coordinator? Mine is Lou Anarumo. Uh, I don't really have a preference. He did wonders last year with the Bengals. Yeah, probably him. But I mean, because Terrell Austin's a first-time head uh, DC, and Mike McDonald just got signed. He did an amazing. So he was on the Ravens staff, I believe, as their linebackers coach. He went down to Michigan, became their defensive coordinator. He was wonderful and then he came back to the uh ravens they wanted to part ways with wink martindale and they brought in mike mcdonald i don't want to pick him yet though so dc the best option at dc is luan rumo if we decide to go that route none of the offensive coordinators do i want coordinating my offense over kevin stefanski yes i agree that i agree with yeah all right so we will immediately slot in kevin stefanski as our offensive coordinator and right now, head coach, we can take Zach Taylor off of there. So we can find a spot. Why don't we just make Harbaugh special teams? Yes. Because Tomlin doesn't Didn't really... we do this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Forgot. Yep. Yep, we did. Do we... And we I'm have the sorry. same issues because I think Harbaugh is a better head coach. And it's not even... I want to make it clear. Jared loves Harbaugh. I love Tomlin. We're not saying they're bad. It's just slight preference at this point. It's just I don't I, when you can keep all those egos together for that so many for so long and somehow finally AB just bursts like that and Bell like I don't know I just I love what Tomlin does and so with Harbaugh too so it's like oh I was gonna say Harbaugh is unreal adapter to the times of the NFL I mean truly phenomenal ways. I think you should trade Lamar Jackson that's what it sounded like no I'm kidding <laughs> oh my goodness well no it's just funny how he goes yeah I'll, I'll leave that to Lamar to explain I was like oh I didn't I didn't see as much malice in that oh, I, I want to see something I want drama give me ca- uh, chaos give me chaos Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray traded for each other <laughs> oh, yeah, you Kyler, we just part? got your best friend, but we're gonna trade you the Baltimore. <laughs> oh man, we, we just got Marquise Brown on here, but unfortunately, you're not gonna be able to throw him up because <laughs> you're going to his former team because he just got Lamar. Kyler comes to this division easily, Lamar, and then and then we'll give we'll trade away Lamar. Oh, good lord! We're for still a linebacker, because oh, we need our linebackers oh in Arizona. 
just call it the Steelers. We'll give you Lamar for Miles Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh, we'll give you Pickett to soften. No, actually, no, Mason Rudolph to kind of even it Jared, out. I, but... I think I feel a thunderstorm brewing. You do? I think I think it's time for the lightning horn. Oh, it is time. It is time. Game two, we didn't talk about. And we're not really going to talk much about yes. it, but I, I want to start with game two just because. My question to you is before we move into game three, why where was all the urgency in the first two periods? But then the third period with like five minutes to go, they finally find their urgency. What the hell was that all about? Yeah, I don't know about if you felt this way, Jared, but I felt the first two or three minutes of the first period was good. It looked good. It didn't look terrible. Got the, got the first goal, which helped. Exactly. My issue was it seemed like the urgency just completely left. They're like, oh, we got a lead. We didn't get that last game. We're doing great. And then everybody's just trying to play defense. And it still seemed, it seemed like every time we got a puck in our own zone, we're panicking. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers are just going to keep on attacking us the minute the puck hits our stick in our own zone because we have not proven that we can hang on to the puck and consistently make plays out of our own zone and just clear it. And that was just an issue all night long. Now, Jared, were we both happy that there was some type of life? At the end of the game, Nick Paul had the goal to put us down just by one. Didn't have but... any puck luck that night either. Even last night we didn't. Yeah. yeah. But overall, Jared, I just – it was just another awful performance from them. Game two was. That was, to me, looking back, because I watched both. I went back and watched highlights of most of two first the two games. One, it was just clear that Russ and just nothing was going right there night. So I kind of threw that out the window. Game two, I was expecting something different, something better, and they still were terrible leading up to, like, the two-minute mark of the final period. Yep. No puck luck that night either because I swear, what like, the scramble with, like, 50 seconds left and 20 seconds, I thought Sam Coase, I thought he normally drains one of those, but Igor stood up, stood tall, so they ended up winning that game. So that's pretty much game two. But then yesterday, the reason why I'm not willing – to really be as excited as I should be just yet. I didn't feel it was as dominant as a team win as most people think it was. I thought it was a lot of driven by the stars. I thought Vassy had a very improvement game yesterday. He was tracking the puck, was moving lateral left to right, very well seeing the puck. Hedman finally decided to join the party, finally, decided to, join, finally decided to join the, join the series. He was Hedman of old. Stammer did stammer things, and Kucherov yeah. did Kucherov things. Outside the stars, Dave, and then you have Nick Paul, who's like right below them. Outside of like Nick Paul, I felt very, very quiet about. I liked Kalorn's physicalness. I liked that. Still didn't show me enough. Uh, Palat was in the right spot, the right time for the game winning goal. Credit to him, though. That was a great shot. Great credit pass to Kuch. Kucherov. Like just great, just all around, and, and great pass. centering pass to, from Hedman. I just, I've been watching this team for so long now that I just want to see a commanding win. I understand it's the playoffs. I understand you're not always going to get it, but I just need to see a full effort from everyone, not just from the stars, because at some point the Rangers will be able to key in on that. And then boom, series is over. But I feel that I'm still happy. I'm so happy with what I saw yesterday because from the puck drop immediately from the start of the first. They had energy, and I tweeted that out. I was like, oh, the energy's back, at least, from what they brought from the last game of game two. So, and I like that they didn't get under They didn't crawl under a hole after the two power play goals. Um, so, I was very pleased. Now, I just want to see a five-on-five goal in, in like, the second, or second, and fir- uh, second and first periods now because a lot of their damage was on the power play. Would well, like so was the Rangers. Some, would like to see some five-on-five. Yeah, I agree, but would like to see some five-on-five goals here and there just to kind of – See that they can actually score five v yeah. five. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I, I I agree with most of your of your points. But what I'll say is, I don't think there's any scooting around this. Jared, you'll agree with me here. Hedman was legit bad. He was the first bad. two games. He was, he was terrible. A, I don't want to say very bad. I don't want to overstate it, but he was not a difference maker whatsoever in the first two games. Kucherov was hit or miss at times first two games and he's, then he's lucky by the way that four minute major oh my god don't cost him. we'll get into that we'll get into that that was an awful play but overall i liked the fact that john cooper responded with a change 
And mm-hmm. I wanted Hagel to move up in the lineup, and he did. He put Hagel with the uh, Sorelli and Kalorn line, and they were always out with Zibanejad. And I mm-hmm. thought that was a really nice response to the fact that Zibanejad and Kreider line kind of ran around, ran circles around the Lightning the first two games. And I thought Hagel, Sorelli did a really nice job. And I'm going to give props to Ryan McDonough and Eric Chernak. That was their line last night. They were constantly following Zibanejad's line. So whenever they came out with Sorelli in their line and plus McDonough and Chernak. Completely agree. And I like the fact that he switched and he just didn't keep Hagel at third line. Because I agree with why you didn't think he was going to move. But I'm just happy that you're down 0-2. You have good players, even with point still not there yet. Just try something else. So he added, I believe, Riley Nash was activated last night and you move Hagel up a line. I thought that overall, I thought everybody played better. Headman was really Hagel nice. too quickly. He kind of looked healthier. I he know did. Ray Ferrara was saying that a lot. He finally seemed like he had some legs underneath him. He's still yeah. dealing with a terrible ankle injury. I know that for a fact, but yeah, seems like just slowly they're getting his ankle back. And if they can do that, Oh man, that bodes well for them. But I'm not not trying to look past the near, but that bodes well for them because and he looked he can... very comfortable with Sorelli and Kalorn. Finally, I mean, Finally. I thought that was that's the best I've seen him play in a while because he still didn't seem really comfortable in his new role. I feel like now you kind of put him in with I don't want to say better players, but more established players for the Lightning, and he just seemed to really get with the flow better. He seemed a lot smoother. He seemed more comfortable and. Vassy was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he was perfect. He wasn't vintage no. Vassy that we saw against the Panthers, but he made a couple of phenomenal net front saves. I stop. think, I think quickly, I just think, I think Vassy too playing at home knows the, knows the views of what he's looking at from like the crowd aspect of the ice. I think that played a factor. And plus I think that rust is finally I think yeah. he's starting to finally get feel his game again because those nine days off is a long time for a goaltender. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I also liked the fact that, I don't know if you noticed the same thing, third period came around, I mean, lightning were buzzing, and it seemed like the Rangers were running out of gas. Mm-hmm. That was just the way I saw it. I thought the lightning had a lot of life, had a lot of energy, and they were really outskating the Rangers, and you just got this feeling, especially after the absolute missile that Stamkos had for that second goal bar down right above Igor's left shoulder. That was an unreal shot. The refs were, t- I never target refs. That Igor flop was egregious. That was ridiculous. It was like that. They basically gifted New York two goals and yet somehow they were still found a way. Jacob Truger helped because those two penalties were ridiculous. Like, Three penalties he had. I don't understand what he's what he's trying to do out there. We had him rattled yesterday, and they took advantage. Yeah. So, um, and overall, I did think that, like, if you're Kucherov, I think it, it, at some point we have to stop being like, oh, we have to take the good with the bad. This is the playoffs. This is the Eastern Conference Final. You can't have that high-sticking major penalty at the end. I mean, come on. I'll take I'll take those mistakes in the regular season. But exactly. time and time out, he will come up clutch when you need him the most. Yeah. He did that again. He was phenomenal last night. Um, Take away that four-minute penalty, and that was as good as he's played in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, but holy crap, that pass to Palat. Oh, man. I think, that one's, I think that one might be a little bit better than the Colton one in game two against Florida. Yeah, because for me, the Colton one was a mistake by yeah. the Panthers just crowding, and that was just a wide-open Colton. This one was legit. Zibanejad wasn't in that bad of a position defensively. I don't know if you disagree with me there, but that the where Zibanejad was should, is not necessarily something you'd look at and say, oh, that's a problem. You know, he, he played his man fine. It's just unreal pass. So a couple things I'm looking at for tomorrow um, that I kind of took away from all three games is I like that the defensive core is kind of building what they kept on doing each game. They were terrible game one. Mm-hmm. Game two, McDonough started showing flashes. Hedman was still lost at this point. Sergachev yeah, was, was semi-lost. Semi he was kind of there, wasn't there game two. 
But yesterday, they all had a presence yesterday. Chernak played really – Kushin had slappers left and right, um, even though he's not going to give you much. Ruda's just still that strong stand-up defenseman. Defenseman that's paired with Hedman. He did a really good job yesterday. So I'm seeing growth from the defense. Still want Kalorn to show me a little bit more. Still want to see Colton show me more. But um, we'll get more into it on tomorrow's episode. But those are just kind of things that I'm seeing now. Um, I'm excited. But at the same time, I'm keeping expectations low because for all we know, New York's going to be coming out at us tomorrow with a lot of energy because now they want to go up 3-1 to go home and possibly clinch to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So I am um, very encouraged, though, by the fact that at th- it seemed like as the game wore on, the Lightning didn't tire, but the Rangers did. They th- The third period was all Tampa. It, it was wasn't even all close. All Tampa. And at some point, at some point, like now I think we can both confidently say we're about to see legit playoff Vassy. Yes. Those first two games, he was trying to get into the rhythm. And it's very difficult to wear off rust at MSG. That's a very difficult task, especially when your team is just playing awful. That's but now that, front of you. <laughs> but Jared, now that they're feeling better, they're skating, they're buzzing, I feel like Vassy had time to settle in. And there were some scares, but... I thought the fact that he's making a ton of great saves, I was like, all right, we're about to get vintage Vassy. And at some point, with the type of star power that the that the Lightning have, whether it's Stamkos or Kucherov, or maybe at some point Ross Colton wakes up, Vass- Igor's going to crack. At some point, there's going to be a crack. And You would think. You would think. You mentioned one of them, though, the Kucherov goal. That's not necessarily a great shot. It's just Igor's stick was up for some reason. It went through his legs. So maybe we're starting to see a crack. Second game at Amelie. Maybe the lightning start get something going. I was very encouraged by this last game. I was encouraged. I'm just, I'm trying to keep it at the point because for all we know, New York could come out and just throw haymakers tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're back to where we were square yeah. one. I do think that we started to work on something though. I feel like there we got it. We got some momentum. We really have some, they now have something to sit down and point to and say, okay, look at this. There's improvement here. We did this really well. We didn't really have that. We didn't have that at all game one. And we, we only had glimpses of a game two. I saw, I felt really good about a couple of things in game three. So tomorrow's a big game. I will see what happens, but if they can just build off of that, it's just going to come down to, can you win on the road? That's so, all it's going to be. I do have a question for come you. Away. Yeah. What's up? So let's take game one games, one through three in totality. So okay. you're combining everything that you've seen both team wise and player wise, but just from the Tampa Bay lightning, we obviously know Stamkos and, and Kucherov and Hedman played really nicely. You and I always talking about Paul, who are maybe one to two players that, just you really want to make you feel better about the rest of the series. One or two players that you really want to see better play better from this, this upcoming game. Kalorn and Kalorn definitely, because he just brings a different dynamic when he's right. Mm -hmm. Different dynamic on the offense. Yeah. Different dynamic. Um, I've been saying Colton a lot, so I'm not going to mention Colton. But, again, that would be another good player to have. Kalorn, though, the, when the defense is playing in the offense, it's only like yesterday, by the way, McDonough going in there. Oh, that's, yeah. you know, that's when you know they're right. Um, Probably Pat Maroon. Yeah. Probably just continuing to so be that. He looks slow at times. He looks slow. Just being that pest out there on the ice. Um, I would even kind of – Sprinkled Pilat in there, but I kind of give him a break because that was just a great shot yesterday. Um, and plus he was really good. Was it game one that he scored, right? Or game two? Game one. It was game one. Game one, yeah. Yeah, so he's kind of done his job. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's Maroon just to kind of continue that that edge on the fourth line because when you want to win cups, your fourth line's got to be strong. Um, so it would be Maroon and just Kalorn. I'm sure it's eating at him, too, that he hasn't scored in a while. So if you can get him, get that confidence back, because let's be honest, Brain Point's not coming back anytime soon. He's just... Hey, listen. 
at, it seemed bleak at first, but he skated for the last five days, and it seems like now there's he keeps the on wiping is, out though. The, the buzz ice. is going the other way though. He keeps on working back to it. He's probably not going to play game four. Probably not even game. He's five. already ruled out game four. Already yeah. ruled him out. Not playing game five either. I'd be pretty surprised if he played Thursday. But man, game six, game seven, I would not be stunned if we started to hear rumblings that he's getting closer and closer and closer. Because I don't buy he's done for the year. I legitimately feel like we're at least, even if he doesn't have an extended stay, I feel like at some point we're going to see him on the ice again. And that's might- the opposite. I don't know. Unless we go deep in the Stanley Cup final. I, I, because he's a hockey player, he would have found a way already to play. I don't, I think there's something seriously wrong. Oh, I think there's something wrong. I'm holding out hope that if we get to the Stanley Cup, points an option to say, I'm not going to say he's going to be major. I don't think he's going to be a top line guy, but I would not be stunned if he's an option come Stanley Cup time. And I wanted to say this one, one you, I want to give you credit because I didn't really think about it till after game two. Maybe, no, it was more after, actually, I lied. It was more actually about this game. I'm in agreement with you now. The more and more I see, the more I miss Braden Point because how much he opens up the ice. Like, I do, I give you credit for it. You were like, after I think it was game two, you were like, oh, this is the game I really felt. And I said, no, but more watching game three. I haven't gone back and watched the highlights more in depth yet, but if he's there, he opens up the ice a lot more. And I don't know if you've noticed, every time on the power play, if they get, if once the Rangers or whatever team they're playing, chucks it down and uh, reforces a line change or something, and Hedman always brings it back, and it's Kucherov waiting. That's point spot right there, yeah. and that's how he opens up the ice because he's so freaking fast. So now Kucherov's doing that again. He could do it because he can yeah. flash with anybody. But um, the more I've been watching, especially yesterday, I was like, all right. The more they do miss Braden Point, the more than I thought because I was I looked at the team like they're deep enough that they can they can absorb this loss. But the more I watch, the more I'm like, okay, I'm in agreement. Point would be stellar right now at this point A, point B, whatever kind of point it was. So, also I do think you made a good point. We do talk about Ross Colton a lot, but at the end of the day, if Hagel is indeed staying with the Sorelli Kaloran line, we need somebody to step up in that third line, fourth line, well, and. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll let you continue, and I want to make a point. Well, no, you can go, but in my opinion, we are – last year's Ross Cullen, I think we could point to and say, oh, wow, he's going to be a really nice piece next year. And he was good, but I just – I haven't seen enough flashes in this playoffs, especially once Braden Point went down. We both kind of looked at Colton. We said, all right, he has scoring ability. We kind of need him to step up, and he hasn't Leads the team in goals right now. Trying to find, I want to double check this, but I'm pretty sure. Let me just quickly check. I'm going quickly going through Twitter because they finally made the change from not uh, where to go, where to go, where to go. They finally made the change where they played Stammer at center. And I never really, I mentioned it a couple times, but I didn't mention, I didn't harp on it. And I'm finally glad Cooper did that because it allows Sorelli to be paired with Hagel and Kalorn. Yeah. Like, Stammer, by default, is a center. He's not a left wing. He's, by default, a center. That's why he was winning face-offs galore yesterday. Yeah, he was I finally like that they did that because it paired him up with Kucherov and Palat, and it kept that urgency on offense because those are your go-to scores right now, especially with point out. I finally like that Cooper did it, and I hope he stays with this until something breaks or snaps. So I think they found something, at least with that line of – Hegel, Sorelli, and um, Kalorn. And I also like the fact that me. I know that for a couple games they were experimenting with Sorelli as the top line center and uh, Paul as the top line center at times. But I like the fact that you get to push Sorelli down and Paul down and just distribute yeah. that talent throughout the throughout your lines, and it's not just congested at the top. But yeah, I mean Paul is playing great though. I mean, holy goodness! Yeah, he has been a PK monster. That's why I'm afraid we won't be able to keep him because he's yeah. just proving what he really was that he couldn't be in Ottawa. All right, Jared. So you are skeptical. Yes. I am optimistic. Mm-hmm. Game four. Hey, my negativity has brought them this far. I thought they were going to lose in Toronto game six. Yeah, you did. Four. Down three, two. You got to have confidence. But uh, I tweeted out, I won't back away from it. I said, this is Columbus all over again. I tweeted that after game two. So I'll, I'll eat my words. I'm willing to eat my words. All right, Jared, we always do this. We never 
say this team's going to win, but scores for game four. I think, I think Kucherov scores again. He, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Hedy's going to score. Interesting. Headman, because he showed me yesterday. I think he's going to get up into the offensive zone again. He's going to score. Corey Perry's due. Give me Corey Perry. Those two. All right. So I just, I feel like Kucherov is just really, really hot. If we're going to win this series, it's going to be because of him and the stars. So I'm going to say Kucherov won, but I mean, at some point, Sorelli has to score. At some point. So I'm going to say Sorelli because he's been really nice defensively. And I'm just waiting for him to get that shot offensively. Now that you pair him with a good line of Kalorn and Hagel, I like that pairing, that trio. I'm going to say Sorelli. And then winning faceoffs too. Maybe Stammer. I'll go with. I love Stammer. He's Stammer's feeling his one timers right now. And it's he just the chemistry with him and him and Kucherov. It's like they know where they are at all times. It's... Oh man. That it's it always also I just love the fact that anytime Tampa Bay tied under a minute, we just feel good. You know, we just feel good. Get Kucherov like, on the ice. I'm just like, this is false hope the other night. But then their kept on was puck loose in the net in this crease. I'm like, oh my God. The minute Chernak crossed ice to Hedman and he got into Kucherov, I like stood up. And then Palat scored. I started going nuts. <sighs> I hope, um... You don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I, I am just so torn. Anyway. But... Got a good show tomorrow. Got a good show tomorrow. We'll, we'll kind of quickly preview because we kind of went deeper into what we thought we would go into, but we'll kind of just break it down a little bit more tomorrow. Plus, what division are we doing tomorrow? You're going to keep in track. NFC uh, North. NFC North. So we're staying in the North, but going to the NFC. So for David Smith, I'm Jerry McCabe signing off. This was another edition of all divisional teams here on Caller Shot. Peace out. We'll talk to you tomorrow.